This is the Opening Market Podcast on the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network. I'm Riley Smith. We're on the phone with Matt Bennett of agmarket.net as we take a look at these opening market prices. Uh, First off, Matt, what have we seen going on in the grain market so far today? Well, the overnight markets were a a bit of an easier tone. Uh, Nothing super exciting by any means, but down a couple on corn and four to five on beans. You know, it's it's been one of those weeks that we've had excitement at times. I just feel like maybe, uh, you know, a lot of your big money is going to take it easy going into the weekend, kind of wait and see what weather looks like in South America. I mean, that's getting to be an old story, but at the same time, I think that uh, if you would finish off that crop uh, with a couple of really good rains, it's certainly going to look different on production than if you uh, finish on a dry note. Right, and, you know, with this week having that volatility in it and of course with the picture going forward being the focus on that south american crop uh, was it kind of a good example of the volatility we can probably expect to see you know probably for the foreseeable future oh yeah i believe so i think you know this time of year is kind of the doldrums but at the same time you got to remember you know we're setting our crop insurance prices right now month of february average you know these corn currently is 593 and you look over at November beans, you know, and you're at 1367. So, you know, anything within uh, uh, earshot of those price ranges is still historically awfully, awfully good. So uh, we've got really good prices at the current time. I know we've had better prices in the last 12 months, last two years. Lots of times we've had better prices still. Uh, we got to understand that historically these are really good. And, and, and uh, you know, even though profit margins might not look like they were in 21 or 22, uh, these are still solid profit margins. So we've been trying to encourage producers, let's take a strong look at at least locking in a worst-case scenario and keep ourselves in a flexible manner. Right, and and this is the time to really uh, get those sales done, right? I mean, once that uh, Brazilian crop gets in the market, there's really going to be no looking back. Yeah, I mean, the essence is this. If the Brazilian crop, as far as soybeans is concerned, is as large as what they think, you know, a small Argentine crop, ultimately isn't going to make a huge impact. Uh, In fact, world bean supplies will likely grow year on year uh, because South America is going to bring to the table significantly more production, even with a small Argentine production. Now, whenever you look at the Brazil safrina crop, if it's a big one, uh, they had a good safrina crop last year. If they had another big crop this year, uh, it's really going to put the pressure on the corn market considering it looks you know, as though we've lost world demand, we've lost U.S. demand, and so balance sheets seem to be loosening. And so uh, if a person really wants to see a rally, they're going to have to hang their hat on some sort of a, a supply uh, issue, disruption, whether it's South America or North American. I'm not sure that's the best marketing plan. All right. And then looking at the other side to the livestock markets, uh, especially with those cattle markets to uh, start off with, have they been really trading on the news from the grains or do they have kind of their own action that's uh, supporting those prices? You know, in all honesty, the cattle market's just been awfully impressive. And so uh, cattle market's been impressive. The hog market's trying to see the light of day. I mean, it's had a pretty rough go here this month. Uh, But as far as cattle are concerned, fundamentals of the cattle market are not something that I guess are uh, a mystery. Most people understand that they're very friendly. Uh, The thing is, most people are friendly cattle. Makes, uh, I guess it makes some in the trade maybe a little nervous because everyone's leaning in the same direction. But, you know, whenever we got the cattle or the, you know, the, the uh, herd size uh, this week, you're talking the lowest cattle numbers that we've seen here in the U.S. since the 60s. So 
we've got a serious situation whenever it comes to total numbers of cattle. We've got a pretty serious situation as far as the cattle that are on feed. And then if you end up, you know, coming in this spring, for instance, and hopefully, you know, we see these pastures uh, heal up. If that's the case and people start retaining heifers, then we're going to be feeding even less cattle than what some people think we're going to. So I've got to think that the fat cattle market is going to be exciting for a while and it might get even more exciting yet. And well, we've got this, you know, pretty interesting disparity between the cattle markets and then the lean hogs in particular. And I know that if the consumer wants steak, they're going to go out and buy steak. There's really no alternative to that. But at what point do they start looking at the steak and saying, that's a little too high price. Let's look at some of that, uh, you know, cheap, cheaper pork chop instead. Yeah, I mean, I do think that uh, that could be a situation that arises. You know, you got to understand that uh, typically the cattle market's tied pretty heavily to your equities markets. And so, in essence, what we're saying is consumer confidence has a lot to do with it. So, you know, if my wife and I are going to go out for a steak dinner at a nice place, I don't think it's any secret. You know, we're going to have to take a $100 bill anyway. And so, uh, you know, if we're in a situation where interest rates really start to creep into people's budgets, uh, start to bother them, if you will, and consumer confidence goes down, yeah, you're going to see some switching from uh, – own steaks to pork chops, but uh, for the time being, it sure looks like beef demands awfully good. So uh, that would be the one thing that could really hurt this cattle market moving forward. It would be consumer confidence and the equities markets falling apart. That again was Matt Bennett of agmarket.net. We're going to go ahead and take a look at those open market prices, courtesy of the folks at Bar Chart. March corn is down one and a half at 6.73 and three quarters. December new crop down one and three quarters at 5.93 and a quarter. March soybeans down five and a quarter at fifteen twenty nine even. November new crop down five even at thirteen sixty five and a half. March soybean meal down one twenty at four ninety sixty. Soybean oil down seventeen at sixty seventy seven. Chicago wheat down six and a half at seven fifty four and a half. Minneapolis spring wheat down nine even at nine fifteen and three quarters. Kansas City hard red wheat down nine and three quarters at eight seventy one even. March oats down two and a half at three eighty six and three quarters. On the Merck, February live cattle up 17 at 159.92. March feeders up 22 at 186.15. February lean hogs up 32 at 75.67. February pork cutout up 165 at 82.97. Class 3 milk up a penny at 17.94. And that's been a check of the opening market prices. Thanks again to Matt Bennett of agmarket.net for joining us today here on the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network, where Iowa ag matters. I'm Riley Smith.